Kia ora, I'm Karen O'Leary and this is Full Disclosure. We're going to talk to politicians, builders, actors, writers and media personalities to find out how coming out was for them. This podcast is bursting with pride to be supporting Rainbow Youth. Joining me in the Full Disclosure studio is comedian, actor, writer Eli Mathewson. Eli broke boundaries when he appeared as one half of the first ever same-sex couple on Dancing with the Stars NZ last year. I think I still had a lot of internalised homophobia for a long time. And like, there was still a little part of me that was like, yes, I'm gay, but I'm not going to be like, gay, gay. Kia ora. Welcome, Eli. Oh, kia ora. Thank you so much for having me here to have a chat. Well, you were the only person we could get at short notice, so no, but it is lovely to have you here. <laughs> Let's get on with this. Very important. And I think very... Um, it's a very timely chat to be having. What with what's been going on in the, uh, you know, in the media and around the world. Yeah, bloody tough out there for gays at the moment. It, it can be, and potentially, it kind of always has been. Wouldn't mm. you agree? Yeah, I was. I mean, I would say so. Every so often, it feels like, oh, everything's pretty good. And I'll, at the moment, I'm like, God, there's a lot of gays on TV compared to what there were. Absolutely, 15, 20 we're, years we're, ago. we're getting better at that. Yeah, we're getting better at that. So some ways getting better, and other ways still stuck in the bloody past. We're obviously here to talk about you. And I guess your experience and your um, journey in relation to acknowledging and accepting and letting other people know that you're gay. Well, it's great that we're talking about that because that's actually the one subject I am an expert in. Oh, I myself. thought you were going to say you haven't told anyone yet. Yeah, I, I haven't. Say, yeah, so, I haven't. <laughs> so I, this is actually Eli's coming out um, journey. A is. lot of people don't know that me dancing with the man on Dancing with the Stars was like a little bit of a clue, but I think people still didn't get I it. I thought you know? guys were just really good friends. We're just mates. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah, just mates. That's what you said in all your Instagram posts. I, yeah, was looking, yeah, yeah. I was following that. Just buds. Yeah, yeah, and I was actually, to be fair, just, well, just not this is about me, but I just want to say I was very keen to be the first same-sex couple dancer on Dancing with the Stars. Were you? I actually got asked, but I couldn't do it because <gasps> I was de- pretending to be a police officer. Oh, so I, was so like, I stole oh, that gonna, away I'm, from you. No, you didn't. No, I'm happy for you to have had it. And also, if you saw me dance, you'd know it was best that you were there. Really? Yep. Let's just start off with a very simple question for you. How do you define yourself? <laughs> That's the massive question. <laughs> just the simplest <laughs> no, question. I don't mean like in every facet of your being. I'm mm. talking more about maybe your sexual identity. I am a gay man, he, him pronouns out here in the world, in a long-term relationship, loving life, living life. Laughing about life? Laughing about life, yeah, quite a lot. So yeah. live, laugh, love, male gay. Live, laugh, love, boy gay, yeah. He, him. He, him, that's Okay, well, that was an excellent uh, definition, very succinct and to the point, so thank you for that. Now we'll get on to the, uh, the really meaty questions. Meaty, is that you can use that, especially with gay men, can't you? Yeah, yeah. I need to know about when you actually first came out. You know, how was it? What, how was that for you? How was yeah. it for the people around you? What, what's the story? Basically, I grew up in Christchurch. When I was at high school, there was like two outwardly gay people the whole time I was there. And really, to be honest, they got bullied, and I was just like, I didn't even give it to myself as an option. I didn't even think. Yeah. And I was Chriso, Chriso as. So I went to church until I was 15. And then I stopped going, but I think still probably kept some of the ideas in my head. Mm. And I used to have little feelings for men and stuff, but I would be like, oh, everyone's a little bit bisexual. That's probably just that little bit. And everyone is just a little bit bisexual and then they suppress it. I thought that's that's what everyone was doing. Yeah. And I didn't realise that not only was I not just a little bit bisexual, but actually was full gay, but that, um, yeah, I was suppressing one of the biggest parts of myself. And I didn't really, like, I studied... At University of Canterbury for three years. For a lot of that time, I was dating Brinley Stent. Oh, 
Oh, Brinley. Yeah. Brinley, famous yeah. comedian, Billy T Award winner. Um, we woman, together, she's also a woman. She's also a woman. Yeah, yep. that's, that's pretty important, I guess. Yeah. So we dated for almost two years, probably like 18 months. But I guess we were just like, it was a friendship. Yeah. And it was a friendship and we got intimate occasionally with the lights off, you know, like, yeah, yeah. and it wasn't <laughs> great for either of us. Yeah. <laughs> and then I moved to Auckland to do drama school up here. And I think it just took me being away from my family, getting to know a whole bunch of new people and being in a space where you get to kind of think about yourself a lot um, and made a couple of friends at drama school. Like we had quite a gay class at drama school and just... Potentially that's not overly surprising. No, yeah. yeah. Weirdly, yeah, there are like quite a few gays in the theatre community. I've heard that rumour. Yeah, <laughs> and so just the more people I got to know and the more I kind of just realised that to be a better person, you just got to accept who you are and be open and just like talk about your feelings for once in your damn life. Absolutely. I used to keep it all buttoned up. So then maybe in October or August, it's about the same time I started, did my first stand-up gig. I like came out in about the same month, I think. Yeah. Um, there was a girl in my class who is uh, a lesbian and everyone thought that we should end up together because we were the only people that like didn't have crushes on anyone as far as anyone knew. So they were like, you should end up together. We had a weird like drunken night where we actually did try and hook up because I guess everyone told us so much. Yeah. And then it was terrible. And then like literally the next week we were like, <laughs> Hey, everyone. We're this both is the gay. story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was never going to work. Thanks for all your peer pressure, <laughs> yeah. but um, it was never going to work. So how old were you here now? 21. 21. Yeah, yeah. so it took me a wee while. Because how old were you? I was, I think I was 20, yeah, when I got my first girlfriend. Because, again, I did a very similar thing, you know. Mm. Sort of at school, I started to say, oh, you know, I don't care about the gender. It's just the personality. I'm all about the personality. Yeah. Because I wasn't quite ready to actually speak my truth yet. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then when I finally got um, my first partner who was obviously a woman mm. I was like well I can't I'm not gonna be able to hide this anymore you know and yeah. I didn't want to hide it anymore yeah good I feel like I was a lot like look I'm gay but it's just like a little part of my life you know like I didn't want it to be like the defining feature of me and then the more time's gone on I'm like it's absolutely good and cool for that to be a defining part of yeah who I, am. I think similarly I don't didn't want it to be my the only thing that you know and, and, and again I still qu- wonder about people that do define themselves solely by their sexuality. Totally. You know, and, it's, and I guess as well when you're getting roles and being known as the lesbian actor or the whatever, it's like to have that, that definition at the start. You know, it's like if you say you're going to go and say, hey, I've got a, I've got a, a female doctor. Yes, yeah, You should yeah, say, yeah. I've got a male doctor if you're going to say female doctor. So you should say, oh, I'm a, I'm a straight actor all of the time because otherwise True. that word can sometimes mean that it's, Different. Diminishes. Yeah, that's the word I was yeah. thinking. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah, it's an interesting mixed array because I think I grew up listening to a lot of broadcasters who either like took, like didn't come out until they were forced to essentially and withheld a lot about their personal lives mm. and it felt like that was what being a gay broadcaster or a gay presenter, most of them hit it. So for me, I'm like so happy to be starting out in a job like this in an age where you like I feel totally free to talk about it and also yeah I don't feel like we've got enough gay people in the media that it doesn't you don't just become that gay one yeah absolutely I think you're right did you so when you came out it was was it to friends first yeah my friend Cole who was uh probably like my gay best friend at drama school and we went to see Piranha 3D and then I I actually was going to tell him in the car and then I got too scared so I texted him once I got home yeah. And then we went a big walk through the university campus. And then I kind of slowly told everyone in my drama class and then was going back to Christchurch for some for work. So I'm trying to think who I told first. 
my friend Hamish Parkinson, and then I told Brinley, and then I told Emma, my best high school mate, and then... You How was, there, was everyone's out. response positive? Everyone was pretty good. Yeah, everyone was pretty good. I remember one person being like, people who had, maybe for me, when there'd been rumours about me being gay or whatever, like defended me, and then they felt like... Oh, I, yeah. I stuck. I, you know, yeah, yeah. I went out to bat for you because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want you being known as gay Eli. And you were batting for the other team the yes, whole time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, but that's I don't know. You know, sometimes when people receive news, they they think about themselves first, and then after a while, they're fine. They're, this is not actually about me. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, actually yeah. about you. And so, you haven't told your family yet. Nah, nah, they're going to find out Do when it? they listen to this podcast. Okay, yeah. hello to Eli's. Have you got a, what have you got as parents? Have you got a mum and a dad one or what have you? What? I've got a mum and a dad and they've been divorced since I was 14 and then three years ago my dad came out of the closet as well. So oh. I've actually got a very queer family because my younger sibling is queer as well. And so, yeah, we've, we're bloody, there's seven of us, three three queers. That's good numbers, good yeah, stats. Good stats, eh? yeah. almost halfway. So what happened with your mum and dad? Dad was like pretty shell-shocked, I think, and didn't talk to me for like a day and then took me out for dinner and then was like supportive from then on. Yep. But now knowing what he was going through at the time, I can see like that wasn't like a lot. And there was he, lots going on there. Yes, a lot going yep. on there. And mum was pretty supportive right away. I remember I told mum like, half an hour before I was going to do an improv gig because I do improv because I'm a little geek <laughs> and then we, I like totally cried she was the one person that I really cried when I told and I don't even know why but I was just going to say what do you think made you cry I don't know I think it's because my family are like we do kind of talk about our personal lives but we don't really have like a lot of deep chats and that's one of the thing annoying things about coming out I think is that you have to tell your parents essentially what sex you like to have yeah. is, what, is, what, is the truth of it. And so to come out is to share something so vulnerable and I just probably had never been in the position with either of my parents that I'd had to talk about something like that with. Yeah, it is, I remember when I told my mum and dad, and my mum was, she had that sort of feeling of, oh, I'm, I'm, I just don't want things to be hard, harder for you. So that was her mm. sort of worry and concern. But my dad was just like, Oh, yeah, look, I can totally see why you like women. I love, yeah, yeah, love, love women. And he was like, I was like, yeah, Dad. Okay, well, let's not think about that too much. What you're doing with my mum and what I'm doing with as many women as I can. Yeah, it's like tits or ass. What's the answer for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Oh, yeah, good. Let's go and watch the cricket. Uh, yeah. Just going back to you, because I'm interested about your mum and dad. Mm. Um, are they still? And I'll use the word you use, Crizos? Uh, yes, mum is mum is hundred percent, and dad is kind of on his own journey. He kind of had a crisis of faith sort of before he came out, and now he's kind of goes in between. So he does go to church occasionally. Sometimes he goes to a non-denominational church. I think he still is like the teachings of Jesus are good, but he doesn't really yeah. align himself specifically with a church. Yeah, because I guess obviously even within the this the big realm of religion. There obviously are churches that are very, very um, open and and okay with any kind of way of being. Totally. And other churches that really don't like it. Yeah, we're talking to you, Bethlehem College, if you're listening. Yeah, haunted. We got to interview Helen Jacoby from St Matthews in the City, and Chris Parker for our show, and she is like so open and so amazing. It's just a very cool church. It's always very welcoming. I think they have a specific service for queer people, but even then, she is part of the like Anglican church so she was fighting within that church structure for them to allow gay ministers and was coming up against it so there's just yeah it feels like even the churches that you think are very progressive sometimes in within those spheres there's lots of debate and discussion it's around. like society isn't it really? yeah i guess yeah. i guess 
churches are a little bit like society. I guess any group of people is a little bit like Sports the big teams. group of people. Even, yeah. even some um, rugby players are coming out now. That's become a new thing. Over in, did you hear about that? You, no. you love rugby, don't you? Yeah, rugby boys yeah, yeah, the yeah. Lad, and, the, and the girls and yeah. the rugger. Yeah, yeah, just mostly Tackling. the boys. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, but there's been a couple of very high-profile English sports people who have come out and it's just it's received some very popular and really it's been very well received actually. Oh, that's so great. you know again that's that sort of hopeful sign that maybe the tide is 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 turning a little bit. Kia ora, I'm Adam Blair. I played the great game of rugby league for the Storm, Tigers, Broncos, and the Mighty Warriors. And I'm Goran Paladin, sports presenter and rugby league fanatic. I won a World Cup too. I played 51 tests for New Zealand. Yeah, he's a national treasure, people. Come on. Blairy and I, we're joining forces for a brand new rugby league podcast called League of Our Own. Each week we talk Kiwis across the NRL and of course everything was. All the big names, the big stories. And some of my own stories too. Well, if we can make them fit. We'll make time. Okay. League of Our Own with Blairy and Goran. Debut ep dropping on Wednesday afternoon and every Wednesday after that. You can listen through stuff.co.nz or wherever you get your podcast. Proudly brought to you by Snap Rentals. Mate, your, your stories are way too long, eh? Nah, we've got to take them on a journey. <laughs> oh, the journey. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you first fancy? So, yeah, the Dan Carter jockey ads. I yep. remember being like, I really want those undies, but <laughs> yeah. it was actually not the undies that I wanted. You didn't want the undies at all. It was the it was what was inside the gift wrapping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I, no, I know exactly the moment that I was like, oh no. I used to watch this cartoon series on the internet, Flash Player, so it was like very short episodes and this was like slow internet speed. So yeah. um, it was called Gotham Girls and it was about like Poison Ivy, Harley Quinn, Catwoman, yeah. all the bad bad girls from Batman. Yeah. So they had this web series called Gotham Girls. And then I was like, I wonder if they've done a boys one. So then I searched GothamGuys.com because it was GothamGirls.com and GothamGuys.com was actually a male escort service in New York City. <laughs> and so then it was like, and the profile pictures for all the escorts you could hire were just close up sh- underwear shots. And yeah. I just remember spending so long on that. So you accidentally like, came across oh, Gotham Guys, Gotham Guys, which was just photos of men in their undies. Yeah, and you were like, "Wow, I re- I spent a lot of time on this website." Yeah, I think I was like, "I just want to look." And I used to justify things by being like, "Oh, because I was like going through puberty, you know, being like, oh, maybe this is what I'll look like when I'm older, and that's why I'm looking at it because I just want to look at like what." Yeah, I'm what's just intrigued to, to, see, to know what's going to happen to me. The journey yeah. that I'm going to be on. Yeah, that's what I used to think, but. <laughs> Okay, so then we've got Dan Carter. Any other, like, sort of well-known people? Ryan Philippe in, like, Cruel Intentions. Uh, yeah. Hugely, oh, Chris Evans, who was in Fantastic Four at the time, way back then, and he has shit off a lot in that movie. And also Jack Gyllenhaal and Donnie Darko was big for me. Okay, so thinking back to, obviously, when you came out, it was obviously, sounds like it was a bit of a journey. It wasn't just one massive announcement to everyone that you knew. Mm. So it took a while. Is there anything that you would have done differently, do you think? With the benefit of hindsight? I always am like, I really am like quite a no regrets kind of person, mainly because of so many things, so many good things that have happened in my life that wouldn't have happened if I'd made another decision. So like, I met my boyfriend on a plane. And so I'm like, if I hadn't came out, if I didn't come out when I did, then I might not have been on that specific flight. You know, so I just think it's the journey to where yeah. you ended up. And he's the love of my life. So I'm like, that's, you know, whatever I had to do to get there. I want to do it. Yes, you don't want to change that. Yeah. It's like sliding doors, isn't it? Exactly. I do wish 
I, I think I still had a lot of internalized homophobia for a long time in like my yeah. first relationship that was really entrenched. Um, and so there's a lot of things. Even now, like I did Dancing with the Stars, right? And the first week I was like, let's paint our nails to match our outfit. Yeah. And then ever since then I've had painted nails. And I'm like, I just never would have allowed myself to do that through all of my 20s because there was still a little part of me that was like, yes, I'm gay, but I'm not going to be like, gay gay is basically really what was going on inside my mind so to do with my attitude when I freshly came out I wish I could have just been like yeah let's go and why do you think that happens to people like us our generation do you think it's maybe that's becoming less of a thing for people they're coming out now I think Gen Z I mean there's more queer people in Gen Z already which is not necessarily because there are more queer people it's because there's more people open to exploring it and now when I was at high school it just felt like I didn't have anyone to talk to. If I was going to tell anyone that I was gay, I just didn't feel like I had anyone to talk to because everyone that I knew said disparaging things about gay people, said that's so gay, made fun of gay people. Like, it just, yeah. And even when I got to know, like, just out of high school, I had one gay friend in the, like, um, theatre company that I was in, but I was he was just constantly the butt of jokes and like mm. it was just always a thing. Negative, yeah, associations, yeah. Which well, is sad because it's like if I had been able to be open, then it probably would have like made it better for yeah for him. It might have made it lesser thing. Yeah. Did you go to an all boys school or a co-ed school? Co-ed school, Rickerton High School in Christchurch. And what's cool is that my friend Emma, she's my best friend at high school. We did theatre sports together and stuff. And she now teaches in the high school. And it has changed like so much in every conceivable way. But like so many more queer students and so many like trans students and stuff that seek help from their teachers. And so it's cool knowing, you know, having a little mole inside the school and knowing things are way better. But even even at the time, it wasn't necessarily like a bad school, but just our whole, all schools, I think, were not super queer friendly when I was at school. No. It's was changing, no, hopefully. No queer support groups, but then, like, like that. But then, like you say, then you've got this thing like Bethlehem College that gets in the news and it's like there are still lots of schools that have yeah. got a lot of work to do. And in the States, people are protesting this new Buzz Lightyear movie because a girl kisses a girl. Yeah, it? it's been banned in six countries, I think, yeah. around the world. It's outrageous. That's why I'm like, I always encourage, I just want more people to come out because they're... Those people safety numbers. Yeah, and people <laughs> who feel that way probably just don't have a gay person in their life. And if they had one gay person in their family... yeah. They would get over it. That is true. And that's actually, you know, with some of the random messages that I get from being on Paranormal, mm. you know, I do, it's a lot of the time, it's, it's so nice to see someone that looks like me on the TV and, yeah. and not in just in a role that's, I'm only there as the gay one, the gay character in the show. Yeah. But my sexuality is not even, it's not even talked about. Nah. It doesn't really have to be, does it? Because it's got my face on it. <laughs> um, yeah. But I remember actually, we, I think we had an email once from someone asking how many times my sexuality, O'Leary's sexuality was going to be brought up in the show. And Paul Yates, as our producer, was like, oh, how am I supposed to respond to this? I mean, yeah, what is this, exactly. what kind of a question is this? Yeah. I was like, well, did they ask about how often Minogue's sexuality is brought up? Yeah. You know, it's like, which is just completely embedded in, you know. In society, that's yeah, the... heteronormativity. Yeah. The thing that's positive, I think, well, just not to talk about Dancing with the Stars, but I will talk they about do. that. When I got... It's, it's just so high, nice. It was, it was an amazing moment. It, it was... The, the best thing about it was just the messages I got from parents of, like, really young kids. Of, like, two, four, six-year-old kids, um, videos of them dancing along with us. There was, like, one kid who'd been playing Dancing with the Stars with his friends at school, and they were all fighting over who was going to be Eli and Johnny. And I'm like, that is, like... I just never thought... I wouldn't have ever thought that I would see this as a kid on TV. And then so to to get to do that and then to get those messages was very... and, and that was really like the world's changing. Parents yeah, are not well, afraid to. That really is affecting positive change mm. and for, for lots of people. You know, and if we can use this media 
whatever it is, as a vehicle to do that, then we've got a responsibility, Eli, don't you think? Yeah, I guess so. Someone's got to do it. Yeah. Might as well be us. Yeah, I guess we'll bloody do it. We're both gay. Yeah. It's a start of a 10. And, that, and that's not going to stop. No, I'm not planning on it. Although it can stop. I mean, sexuality is fluid, so, you know, you never know. Well, is everyone's sexuality fluid? I'd be, I'd be hard Mine's pressed to say stuck. mine. Mine's pretty oh, yeah. stuck. <laughs> but I think, this, like you say, it's a spectrum, isn't it? Yes, you know, yeah, some yeah. people are stuck where they are and other people move wherever they want to. And mm, full credit true. to them. As long as you've been kind to other people, that's what it's all about. Exactly. Full credit to you, Eli. Is there anything else you want to say about coming out? Any advice you'd want to give to anyone that's listening who maybe is thinking, oh, I don't think I am actually kind of bisexual. I think I'm definitely gay. I think there will be someone in your life who's not going to judge you for it. And if not, you can call Outline 6 to 9 every oh. night of the week. 0800 Outline. 0800 Outline. Call it now if you want to. It sounds like it's gonna, they're going to give away a prize. <laughs> they don't. They'll give you some free counselling. Um, Eli, thank you so much for coming and chatting. I really appreciate it. And you just keep on doing what you're doing because well, it's amazing you. and inspirational. You too. I will try and we'll both achieve. Let's do it. Okay, cool. Thank you very much. This was Full Disclosure. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is created by Kate Langdon and produced by Kate Langdon and Mark E. Hire with audio mixed by Jess Valor and original music by Eilish Wilson. Prepare for an unfiltered journey through the harsh realities of infertility. My name's Nadine Higgins. I'm a broadcaster, a journalist, and I've been trying to make a baby with my husband. That's me. I'm Dan. And we reckon infertility is lonely enough without making it a dirty little secret. In The Human Race with Dan and Nadine Higgins, we share raw and unvarnished stories of couples who have faced the brutal truth of infertility. Unless you've been in it, it's, it's really tough and really lonely. Yeah, and also, this is really weird, but baby showers, you don't need to open the presents in front of everyone. Confronting the harsh reality that not every story has a happy ending. This very blunt, abrasive doctor who I had, you know, had not seen before, who delivered the news, just like, you'll probably never have a natural period again and you'll probably never have a baby. The human race, where we share the untold stories of couples in the race of their lives to create a life. I feel like I nearly missed out and I got to do it. And so I feel really lucky. So it's been incredibly positive. Listen today at stuff.co.nz slash the human race or wherever you get your podcasts. The Human Race is proudly brought to you by Elevate. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts.